1: tuned in to the 49ers rush podcast and here is your host john chapman all right 49ers fans we are now on a winning streak the 49ers have won two games in a row two games in a row we beat the rival seahawks 26 to 23 at home come away with a victory and man this is just awesome it's been so long you know, if you watch the game, they kept talking about how long it's been since we've beaten the Seahawks all the way back to 2013, and yeah, it is uh, frustrating as anything. All get out, I get it, but we beat them, and the the best part about it is, man, the Seahawks they've got <laughs> they've got a rough slow. They they got to go play at Kansas City, and they still have you know they could they're still probably going to make it into the playoffs. But just the fact that you know they could have solidified their playoff berth and we stopped them, it was awesome. And overtime, 26-23. to 23. So we are going to be going over all kinds of fun things, injuries, bad news, good news, offense and defensive MVPs, draft order. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on here. And for all those people that keep jumping into my mentions saying, why are we winning games, tank for the draft, hell no. I, I can't lose on purpose at anything. Um, if I'm playing chess with my son, I'm winning. It's just what's going to be. He's got to earn the victory. I don't want it to be cheap. Uh, you got to fight to win, and so it, a lot of things too. You know, it strengthens the team because whenever you can fight through something like this, uh, even though you are three and ten, you're fighting for a four and ten record. Those same principles are going to apply whenever you are competing for playoff spots and things like that. And it says a lot about this coaching staff and front office. You know, we obviously have gone heavy youth, but the youth are starting to show out. And this is very promising for the future. So a uh, couple things just inactives right off the bat. We had a couple people out. Kwan Williams, Jaquiski Tart, uh, Sheldon Day. Those were kind of the big ones on defense. And on offense, you know, nothing too big. Uh, Alfred Morris, you know he he's going to be out whenever we have the two young guys. Eric Magnuson, he's a backup. Sean Coleman, he's a backup as well. So no, nothing too big there. Now the injuries, not, I don't want to say that we. It, here's the deal: Akilo Witherspoon goes down really early, and he has what's called uh you know Kyle Shanahan said it was a knee sprain, not an ACL, which is great news. Um, but knee sprain still, yeah, it's quite possible he is done for the the season um and it's it's kind of a rough blow you know we've seen a lot of really good points and a lot of really bad points of this season for Aquilo. and this he got off to a bad start he didn't last long he got injured in the first quarter they basically ran an outside uh kind of toss play and they pulled the tackle out to block him on the edge and he got terrified you know that that's the thing with the spoon um he, he uh he doesn't like contact so He's got a huge tackle coming at him, and I get it. He turns around and literally turns his back to the blocker and runs away from him um, and then tried to plant to get back to make a play, kind of. He's just scared to hit. He's not really a football player. He's he's much more of an athlete. And whenever he did that, he stepped on his own uh, player's foot and twisted his knee in an awkward way. So whenever he goes down, Tavares Moore comes in. A rookie from this year you know huge upside guy out of southern mississippi and he looked really really good yeah two pass deflections played very very well and he is a football player he is night and day difference from witherspoon the only similarities is they are both very long tall and long athletes but uh to, to more you know back at southern mississippi like he was one of the leading tacklers on the team like he loves to hit and we saw that several times and again got his hand on two balls as well so it's awesome seeing him out there like i'm hoping i want to see more because it, it, cornerback is a major need for this team even though we have a lot of young guys and if everybody is healthy we're still don't have a good corner opposite richard sherman so let's see what this kid can do hopefully his ceiling is Can bring about something more than Witherspoon offers us. Uh, Not that I'm saying I want to move on from Witherspoon, but you know he'd be a good guy coming in dime packages, uh, things like that. So and Moore went down for a second, but then he came back in, and then the third injury. Man, every week Matt Breida, good lord, he was having a good game, but uh, he messed up that same damn ankle on the very last drive, and that's why Jeff Wilson came in. You know, whenever I saw Jeff Wilson in on that final drive in overtime, I was like, what are we doing? Well, the reason why is because Breida got injured. You couldn't really tell by watching the live broadcast, uh, but Coach Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did say it's not that big of an injury, um, but you know it's that same nagging injury that he has had all year, um, which is just a bummer because he looks so good. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the offensive production. Let's go through the stat line and the drives and kind of see what's going on. But before we do that, let's talk offensive MVP. It's got to go to our signal caller, Nick Mullins. Holy cow. He played lights out. Um, 20 for 29, man, just look at the accuracy there. 20 for 29, 275 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He did take three sacks for 18 yards. Thank you, Western Richburg. And had 110 passer rating. Um, This guy just balled out. Absolutely played amazing. And the thing is, he never turned the ball over. He, He wasn't responsible for any fumbles or interceptions. And you can win playing that way um he just he looked apart he was not scared to take shots downfield and the the sad thing is I think his two best plays of the entire game were incompletions uh drop passes by Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor where he stayed in the pocket uh against an all-out blitz and took a hit both times on third down and made a hell two hell of a passes and both of them were dropped by you know, our own players, Trent Taylor's had just an absolutely abysmal season. Uh, one of the worst ranked players in the entire NFL at the wide receiver position based by pro football focus and Kendrick Bourne. He's a blocker. Let's just be really honest with you. He had that great catch going over the middle, but outside of that, like he, he can block very well. He got a block in the back penalty. It took off a huge play, but um, he, he's kind of like a giant tight end out there on the edge possession receiver guy. But man, he's just, he's dropping lots of passes. I I like him. I think that he'd be a great fourth wide receiver or fifth wide receiver put in on goal line situations, but that's it. Um, so, congrats to Nick Mullen there. So, let's go through just a real quick summary. I usually spend a lot more time on this, but let's go through the drive summary relatively quickly. Horrible start. You know, we go three and out, punt the ball, overthrown ball to Kittle. We had three overthrown passes to Kittle deep. Uh, he could have had another 150-yard game easily if Nick Mullins um, could work on his deep ball. He's not good at that. That's not his specialty. He He's quick and rhythm passer. He doesn't have the gun, and he doesn't have the accuracy whenever he throws it past 20 yards down the field. Then right after that, touchdown kickoff return by Richie James Jr. Seemed to spark the entire team. Uh, everything's going great. We drive all the way down the field. The third drive, we start on the one-yard line. We drive 70-plus yards, and then Jeff Wilson fumbles the football. Um, and then it's like, all right, here we go. But no, we responded very, very well. The very next drive again, the fourth drive, we start off on the one yard line again. Michael Dixon, you know, I'm a longhorn guy. That guy is one of the greatest punters I have ever seen. Um, I hated whenever he went to the Seahawks, but you could see how good it's crazy we're talking about a punter right now. But you know, back to back punts to pin your opponent back on the one yard line is just almost impossible to do against air, let alone in the NFL. Um but we respond. We drive the ball 99 yards, the full length of the field. We get a touchdown pass to Selleck for 41 yards. The safety <laughs> fell down. And this is home field advantage, baby, because Levi's, we uh, it's been well documented how terrible the grass is there. Uh, the safety slips, and we get a huge 41-yard touchdown. So uh, that was absolutely legit. We keep going. Field goal on the fifth drive for 28 yards, another long drive. So that's three Consecutive drives with just long, methodical run game, converting on second and third down. I mean, it was awesome. Then after that, uh, we run out of time. We nil it out with just two seconds left. Then it's halftime. We come back out. We punt. Um, You know, Wilson dropped another pass, a screen pass on that would have been a first down. Could have went twenty plus yards. I mean, there was just so much room with blockers out front, and that's the thing. We go back to the next drive, the eighth drive. We get a field goal, but it should have been a touchdown drive, but we got a personal foul by Wilson because he was tossing the ball to the ref and he pegged the guy in the head. And so that's three consecutive drives that we lost all because Jeff Wilson. Um, That's not okay. That's not okay. You can't have one guy in three drives. And I understand you'd say, oh, well, you don't win games like that. You know, we got lucky. And we did win this game. It's crazy. I can't recall in the past three years where we were on the positive side of penalties being called by the refs. Um, It actually went in our favor. There's still some bad calls against us for sure. But, you know, the overall penalties, we were definitely in the green compared to (laughs) the Seahawks. So um, now after that, we get another field goal for a nice 45-yard field goal. Robbie Gold, holy cow, you know, on the field, off the field, he's just unreal. You Got to give a shout-out to the Walter Payton Man of the Year semifinalist for him. He's just unreal with what he does with the community. Uh, and obviously on the field, he's just he's incredible. I have no idea why the hell the Bears let him go, but we are very thankful to have him. We've had a lot of really good field goal kickers in our time here. Um, so we get the field goal there. Then it gets bad. Punt, three and out. Kendrick Bourne drop pass. 11th drive. Punt. Um, we drove a ways, but then Tr- Taylor dropped a pass. So back-to-back drives ruined by a dropped pass. Again, exceptional throws. You know, it, very easily Nick Mullins could have been 25 for 29, 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. But our kind of second-tier wide receivers are just rough. Then we nailed the ball with only 20 seconds left. Uh, I'm sorry, with only 11 seconds left to go into overtime. And this was some uh, mismanagement of the clock by... Our head coach, you know, I love Kyle Shanahan, and I'm so glad we have him. I think he's a top-five coach in the NFL, even though he's inexperienced. And I think that these things, they show up every from time to time. He had two timeouts that he could have used. It was very clear that Seattle was trying to run out the clock because they had the huge penalty and they were behind the chains. And we let them do that. We could have gotten the ball back with 45 seconds left in the end of regulation, but it didn't work out. So then after overtime, we come back out, we hold them. Uh, they got the ball first. We hold them. We get the ball back and we kicked a 36 yard field goal to win the game. We started on our own 37 yard line. And that's the, the crazy thing is, it, you know, Richburg, uh, in the last three of the last two drives, Richburg did everything he could to ruin this game for us. And I understand that he can block well in the perimeter, but Western Richburg is beyond a liability in the pass game. He got blown up by every single person he went against. Uh, just in the 11th drive alone, he allowed two sacks. And then in the 13th drive, um, he got destroyed and blew up a running play for negative five yards. He is awful. He is also our worst-rated offensive lineman throughout the entire season, according to Pro Football Focus. It's not close. Uh, on my Twitter handle, at JL underscore Chapman, I tweeted out the top and worst-ranked players of the season, and he was on there. Uh, Richburg has been awful. We're paying him a lot of money. Uh, I know he's great in the run game, and he can get out in the perimeter and block, and he's great at that. But, man, pass protection is just abysmal. So we go back. uh, We got a lucky pass interference call uh, going against Pettis, which gave us a great first down. Should have probably been a no call, but that's okay. I'll take it any day. And we get the field goal to win the game. So, Congrats to the offense, which looked good. And the stats look good, too. You know, Matt Breida had 17 carries for 50 yards. Not great, but whenever you look at what he did in the passing game, five targets, oh, he caught all five for 46 yards. Uh, 9.2 yards in the passing game, which is just incredible. Jeff Wilson, he's putting up great numbers. He's just got to make better decisions. Seven rushes for 46 yards, had a long of 16, and contributed as well in the passing game. Um He had one catch that was huge, but it got called back because of a penalty, but you you can constantly see he fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, and both of these guys are running backs, are undrafted free agents, and they're just killing it, Dante Pettis, holy cow, he is going to be our wide receiver one for a long time, 5 targets, 5 catches, 83 yards, and just the separation that he gets, If we can get the ball, I don't know why we don't do screens or jet sweeps with him more often, just because he creates so much on his own. I really wish we would do a little bit more passing closer to the line of scrimmage, just so we can get more volume. He does so much with the little volume he gets, but I wish he was getting more than five targets. Kittle had eight targets, ended up with three catches for 51 yards. Selleck, of course, that huge touchdown, two catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown, and If we go down, you know, Trent Taylor had one catch for eight yards on two targets. Kendrick Bourne had two drop passes. Juszczyk got one catch for three yards. And Marquise Goodwin, you know, he came out and he was getting some snaps early on. One catch for seven yards in the first quarter. But then he hobbled off. And when he hobbled off, it definitely, you could tell he's not healthy so curious to see what's going to happen there I really want to see that guy get out there with Pettis I want to see those guys and see what we can do with that I think we can create a lot of mismatches with that but that's our offense Um, absolutely incredible game super excited just for how efficient we have moved the ball and put up points on good defenses and hope to see see that continue now I want to jump over to the defensive side but before I do that Uh, We still got defense and draft talk. I want us to give a shout out to our sponsors. Man, Game Day Sports Memorabilia. It's Christmas time. It is the December 16th. We are like a week, 10 days away. If you have not got a gift already, head over to gamedaysportsmemorabilia.com. It's a long one. Or just type in Game Day Sports. It's one of the first things that pulls up. And they have everything for sports fans. Um, I have terrible family members that are Patriots fans. I got their gifts on there. Uh, So head over there, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. Tell them that the 49ers Rush Podcast sent you. They have supported us for a long time. We really appreciate those guys. So head over there. Now, defensive MVP, not even close. In fact, the entire game MVP, which I usually don't do, DeForest Buckner, Defoe, love this guy. His stat line alone is insane. So let's go through it. 11 total tackles. Two sacks, four tackle for loss, three QB hits on Russell Wilson, the hardest QB to hit in the entire NFL. DeForest Buckner was lights out, and his sacks ended both drives where he got a sack. Like, it's unreal how just important this guy has been, and super excited just for what he has been through us. He's got 10 sacks on the year from the interior position, Way to go! I, I'm I'm so pumped. I I just love watching this guy play. Um, I it's just such a cool guy, and so just just shout out to him. You know, we had lots of good play. Uh, one of the best games all year from Solomon Thomas. Now you're never going to get a lot of tackles or sacks from Solomon Thomas. It's not really who he is. He's more of a penetration. Um, disruptive force. He can't tackle for garbage. He's one of the uh, might lead the entire NFL in missed tackles from the interior or defensive line position. But he drew several holding penalties because he was shooting gaps to the inside. Even when they lined him up at the edge defensive edge position on an outside shade, he would shoot inside, which is exactly what he did at Stanford, and it was beyond successful. So. I have criticized Solomon Thomas and the coaching staff's use of him all season uh, for two seasons now, uh, and so I want to make sure that I take a step back and just say, hey, the stat line's not there. I get it, only two tackles. But hell of a game, uh, beyond impactful, and you know, gave us a huge chance to win. So shout out to Solomon Thomas, and I look forward, and hopefully they keep doing this, using him in this way. Um. Also, Elijah Lee, he played a lot of snaps, and it seems like, you know, as we do this youth movement, they basically told Smith, you know what, we're going to see what these young guys can do, and Elijah Lee was all over the place. Ten tackles, one tackle for loss. Fred Warner's just greatness, always nine total tackles. He is doubled over the next leading tackler on our team. Uh, he's right at 100 tackles. Tavarius Moore, seven tackles from the corner position, two pass defense. Man, I love that. I love how he's getting involved in the run game and whenever he's out there with Sherman. So when we have Tafarius Moore and Sherman on our corners, there's not a run game liability. It just doesn't exist. Our free safety, I'm not too sure about this. You know, Anton Exum, he got a lot of snaps, way too many snaps. I would personally, uh, you know, we made a practice sign pickup last week. A practice team pickup. I don't know if anybody saw this. They brought back my preseason, like, Love affair, dude, Terrell Williams. So I'm super excited. He's on the practice squad. I am hoping that they elevate him to the active roster and see what he can do out there. Marcel Harris looked amazing at the strong safety position. He's flying over all over the place. I wish he'd make a couple more plays in the past game, but he is awesome in the run game. G.J. Reed played played pretty well. Um, Five tackles, but again, we haven't seen... You know, Exum, he's not going to be a guy. That's going to be playing for us long term. He's a little bit older. He's definitely a role player. Special teams guy. That's awesome. DJ Reed and Marcel Harris, they have a shot. You know, they are rookies. And let's see what they can do. Let's get Terrell Williams out there. Let's see what he can do. You know, hopefully we get Tart back before the season's over. But let's see what these guys can do up front. So want to talk about that and let's go over just some real quick team stats. And I think what this would do is it'll put into perspective the way that this game went. And a lot of continuing factors that, you know, we have been terrible at or maybe have been huge issues or areas of need, they continue to be those. And that's third down efficiency, 3 for 10. That's it. 49ers went 3 for 10 on third down. You cannot win a lot of games on a repetitive basis doing that. You have to sustain drives. The, and the one thing that Kyle Shanahan is really good at is first down success. If, if our big plays all come on first or second down, Third down, not so much because we're a little too predictable and play action is less effective unless it's third and short. Now, if we look at what Seattle did, 9 for 19. You know, We kept them under 50% barely, so I'll take it. Now, if we also look at, this is where it's sacks. We got three sacks for 18 yards. They got three sacks for 20 yards. I'll take it. (laughs) We are awful at sacks. So if that's a tie, that's about as close as a tie as you can get. I'm 100% cool with that. Now, we lost a turnover battle, obviously. We are on a record pace. Since the NFL merged, okay, since the NFL merged, there has never been a team to force less than 10 turnovers in the history of the merger, NFL, whatever. Well, the 49ers are going to do it. We only have five turnovers, and we have two games left. So we have forced five turnovers in 14 games. That is historically awful. Um, Obviously, I've critiqued our defensive coordinator, Selah, repeatedly all year. Um, But this game, we didn't lose this game because of the defense. We didn't win this game because of the defense either. Uh, They gave us a chance to win. And and this is what's going to happen. If you can't get a lot of sacks and you can't get turnovers, you're going to allow yourself, you're going to give yourself a chance to win, but you're not going to win it. You know, there's teams out there like Chicago. And there's teams out there like Baltimore where their defense wins the game for the team. That's not what we have. Our, our defense, and Richard Sherman even said this after the game, our defense is predicated on getting pressure against the quarterback. Well, we have one guy that can do that, and that's to force Buckner out of four. So we've got four guys on that defensive line, three of which are not accomplishing that goal. And then the secondary is designed to not give up big plays. So if we get a sack or if we get a turnover, that's what our defense is designed to do. If you look at kind of what Jacksonville, San Diego, Seahawks, all these defenses do, that's the way that they are designed. Bend but don't break and try to force terrible plays. Um, We are ways away. And one of the things that we can do to correct that is increase our pass rush. And we've got to get an edge blitzer, a pure out, all out, just edge guy, And here's the bad news. If there's going to be bad news here, we no longer have the first overall pick in the draft. So uh, we have lost that one by winning this one. But good news is we have dropped to number three. So the Cardinals take the first overall spot, the Raiders two, and then us at three. And we are in a three-way tie with the Jets and the Jags with four wins, but Good news, our strength of schedule is so abysmal. Um, There's only one other team in the entire NFL that has a weaker strength of schedule than us, and that's the Panthers with six wins. So we don't have to worry about them. So we are okay where we're at. And, you know, we got two games left. They're not easy games, to say the least. We have the Bears, who just clinched their division and are playing great football. Again, another team that wins because of their defense. And then we also have, we're traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. So two very, very tough games against two division champions so far this year. And who knows? Hopefully they might rest their starters, so on and so forth. I think that we can be competitive in both of those games for sure. However, they're not going to be easy games. And I, I personally, Vegas is not going to predict us to win any of these games. We will not be favored in any of these games. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do not win them. So I, I do believe a worst case scenario for us right now is picking top six. But I think three is where we're going to stay. Um, you know, if the Cardinals win a game or the Raiders win a game, which I doubt either one will, uh, we will bump up because tiebreaker, we will beat them. And to be honest with you, don't be too stressed about the Cardinals being ahead of us. They are going on offensive side with their pick. Uh, They will take the stud left tackle, Uh, whoever they deem the number one left tackle. That's probably where they're going to go. Raiders are the only people that we really need to worry about, and that's for the whole Nick Bosa thing. Now, there are other dominant pass rushers out there i haven't finished my breakdown with them but there are three pass rushers that will be going in the top 10 so uh you know bosa's my number one my number two right now is definitely um flowing with uh clemson and then also josh allen he's a little bit undersized but i really like his film i'm only a couple games in From Kentucky, so those are kind of be the guys that we're going to be targeting, and those those are going to be there. We're we're going to be able to get a dominant pass rusher no matter what in this NFL draft at the top level. But of course, Nick Bosa is kind of the cream of the crop, so keep that in mind as we move forward. And just want to say thanks, guys, for sticking with us all year. I know it's been a tough year, but hey. We're 4 and 10. We've won 2 games in a row. We've got a lot to look forward to. Very young team. We're getting our quarterback next year. We got a high draft pick. All good things. So stay strong, faithful.
0: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.